In 2024, friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music excoria of the order and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 113. 113. From 1986. This is The Queen is Dead by The Smiths. And I can tell you at this moment... What? <laughs> I can tell you at this moment, there has never been a harder album to research than this one. This is almost impossible. You know what's you know what's been a real bummer about the queen dying and it, what didn't happen, what happened in the movies? What's that? In in the movies, the whole royal family died and John Goodman became yes, King, Ralph. King Ralph. You guys remember King Ralph? Yes. I told I told my son that story as a bedtime story the other night. I'm fully out of ideas for bedtime stories, and I just <laughs> told him the plot of King Ralph as a bedtime do, story. He do, liked it. Do do girl, do 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 girl, do do. When the Queen did die, I posted on Facebook. Can't believe the Queen died taking a photo, and all of her relatives also got electrocuted. <laughs> And I got like two likes and I was like, yes, these guys know King Ralph. They know they <laughs> the only They're guy King in the Ralph. world who could be the King and Babe Ruth in back-to-back movies, right? <laughs> I forgot he was Babe Ruth in a movie too. Wow. Watching a movie. Listen, one of the things about this podcast that always amazes me, guys, is that we always seem to find a running joke. Okay. And I'm always thinking to myself, what would happen to an episode if we didn't find that? And then we did uh, that Janet Jackson episode two weeks ago, and it turns out it wasn't that bad. Like we, we still survived. We couldn't quite find it. But let's let's this this is one of the biggest things of the podcast is finding a bit. So I've written a song, okay, or I've I've heard that there's a song playing on the radio that's about that very topic. This is this is weird, guys. It's all collapsing on itself. Let's listen to it right now. <laughs> Will it be too dirty with some beeps or is it about a flight? Will we take it too far? Yes. And then we have to edit whole chunks because we talk about a sex move where imagine she gets in between the mattress and the fox spring. <laughs> What would be the running joke tonight? Well, if we don't have one, I don't even know if we can survive. Aaron will say something bizarre, and then we can all make fun. And then I will have to apologize for things I've said before. It's not even a joke here, it's just... Tell the truth. So I'm counting on you, Russ. Uh-oh. Find Uh-oh. a running bit for us. <laughs> yes. You need to decide, and then I'll take it over the line. <laughs> if it gets a few cheap yucks, <laughs> if yes. I start to cuss. <laughs> so keep yes. it in your mind. We need to find the bit, the repeating bit tonight. The repeating bit. Repeating bit tonight. Repeating bit tonight. <laughs> like Aaron loves feet, we could bring back the When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. That's a good <laughs> bit to repeat just forever. <laughs> Get up on line. <laughs> so it turns out on that one, I forgot to do the DJ drop beforehand. I don't know if you noticed that. 
got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Back to There is a bit that'll never get old. There is a bit that'll never get old. <laughs> I remember when Matt said one of the dumbest things he's ever said in his whole life. And he goes, I don't think that fits the foot stuff is very funny. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you just don't get it. Everyone thinks <laughs> it's funny. Understood. I think you so said it was played. I think you had played out, played out at that point. Well, we all make mistakes and are totally wrong sometimes. Listen, I think that was by like the third Jody Mitchell album. I legit think that was 114 <laughs> episodes ago. Oh, now you guys are going to tell me that when I play Blue, that's not very funny either because I get a lot of texts about that too. <laughs> Holy shit! When that remake came out, I got so many. Uh, listen, I've got three guys here who we're going to. You know what? We're going to get a little sad with the Smiths. So we're not going to lie. Ooh. This is not going to be a fun episode. We're going to be bummed out and and. That's the way Morrissey would like it, honestly. He'd, he'd be excited about that. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing tonight? Frankly, Rob, since you ask, you're a flatulent pain in my arse. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. Still, I must speak frankly, Mr. Skanky. <laughs> Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. We're doing band from Manchester, England, right? So I figured this is good. We Just some random band. It's got some random songs. You might as well, like... Uh, start assigning them to uh, the the Minnesota loons that we either do <laughs> goals on, right? So, I mean, oh, just, yeah. <laughs> might as well, just an English band, let's just Why randomly not? make a goal song out of it. So I'm excited. <laughs> yes. to pick, we'll, we'll pick it out later, okay? All right, the queen good. is dead, yes! The Vikings score a touchdown, and it's just like... It's really not connected to us at all or anything. So we might, but they're English, so we might as well just—it's so good. It's like, oh, it's a song about dirt getting thrown on me again. There's like four songs in this album about dirt getting thrown on him. Uh, I've got Aaron in uh, in uh, California actually, and Aaron is realizing that life is depressing because when his kid turns 18. Getting him, uh, buying him extra iCloud storage is actually going to be a pretty sweet gift. He's going to enjoy that quite a bit. So that's your life now. Aaron, how are you doing? Wow, that's that's too real. I mean, if a double-decker bus <laughs> crashes into us to die by your side, it'd be a heavenly way to die. So let's talk about the Smiths. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's just a single-level bus. And Aaron's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for something bigger. It's true, though, isn't it? Like. Uh, listen, let's get into our voicemail. Oh, we got a voicemail. A Bext or a voicemail? It is a Bext. How do you get a, how do you send a Bext? I forgot. Uh, 218. No, wait, 802-277-BECK. That's 802-277-BECK. Don't try to type in every 218 number and eventually hit maybe somebody with a voice you would recognize. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> One of your dumb shit listeners here, also part of the complimentary movie goer group. Oh. A full-bodied red with a fruity finish sounds like oh. Rob after too many figs. The fact that you guys had fucked me like Clubber Lang. And it's greater than Ben Roth, Les Burgers, dick in the same episode as Pure Genius. <laughs> Keep up the great ish work. <laughs> Lastly, Radiohead still sucks. <laughs> so, there we go. That caller... First of all, said work. fruity finish, uh, something about me eating too many figs, which would never happen because I would never eat a fig. Ugh, gross. I did so purchase delicious. fig. I did purchase fig Newtons at the airport on my flight back from Nashville oh. last week. <laughs> How were they? Russell, I'm serious. Delicious. Do you need, do you need some money? I can loan you some money. You <laughs> they were good. You're buying fig Newtons at the airport. Did an so alarm good. go off and they were like, wow, we've been waiting since 1986 for somebody to buy the fig Newtons. They finally sold the fig Newton. <laughs> Russell, they're not good. 
They're not cookies. I don't know if you're aware of this. There was an ad campaign that highlighted that. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm team Russell on this one. Yeah, Fig Newtons. Russell, I'm team Russell. I'll eat some Fig Newtons any day. Great. I think they're good. Gross. Ugh. Fig Newtons. I remember that. The listener was proud we got Ben Roethlisberger and the clubber laying into the same episode, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to make up. you feel good about yourself, doesn't it? This is what we're accomplishing. That's the thing is that people are always like, oh, you should do this with the podcast and do this and do that. No, I want somebody who talks about Ben, who listens to us talking about Ben Roethlisberger's great penis, which by the way, is in a court document legally. It's a real thing. And Clubber Lang. And then saying, this is good. I like this. Enough where they send a message. That's our real audience. Now, if only that guy could like tell somebody about it, but they can't because they're also the audience for this dumb podcast. So they're too embarrassed to admit. Probably don't have any friends. Yeah, exactly. They, they can't admit, they can't, you can't be like, hey, what podcast you listen to? Oh, listen to this one. And immediately we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger's great dick again. And actually the second episode in a row we recorded tonight where we've talked started talking with great dicks. It's, it, it's does too it much. shock you that that guy who's into this part of the comedy portion of the podcast was also part of the complimentary movie group when he was a kid? Absolutely not. Because when I got that text, I saw his text from the last two years and half of them were just pictures of his feet. So... <laughs> Literally, this is our super fan. We should be sucking up to complimentary movie guy. He needs to get some more devices and download it on all of his different streaming services. But other than that, I love the guy. I think it's great. The Fig Newton ad campaign. I want to get back to that. First of all, Fig Newtons are disgusting. You're wrong. Aaron, do you think they're good? I haven't had one for many years. Thank you. End of story. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't be nice. That's it. That's done. Their ad campaign where they were like, it's not a cookie. It's a Fig Newton was the most confusing ad campaign to me because I was like, who would want something that's not a cookie? That's crazy, right? Like if you said, oh, I don't want that. It's a cookie. Like everybody wants a cookie over anything but, else. But I think, I think there's, there's a chance a kid could make an argument that a Fig Newton is healthier than a cookie, even though it's not. But it's not a cookie. Like a cookie is a pure dessert thing where I think you could argue a Fig Newton might not be considered a dessert. What do you think, Matt? That's the whole argument, right? Yeah. Like you would say, I'm going to have a cookie tonight, right? And you're like, no, oh, I guess I'm not having my cookie tonight. I'm having my Fig Newton. Yeah. So, you know. Taking oh. that off of it's kind of like you're not having ice cream. You're having sherbet or whatever yeah. it is, you know? It's not ice cream. Bro-yo. It's sherbet. Is that what that ad was? Is that you should eat more Fig Newtons because they're not cookies? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to feel bad about them. They're not cookies. So Why? it's not like you're having a sleeve of Oreos or anything. You just oh, a bunch of Fig Newtons. Good. This podcast has made me realize I might have just been a dumb kid. Like that might be, has that ever occurred to you that maybe you were just dumb? I'm just like, all this stuff you didn't understand. Like Rob, if you look around the room and you can't figure out who's the dumbest, it's probably you. It, it's probably you were the guy who called it and left that last voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. We're making this trash, but you're listening to it, idiot. I, I generally realize I'm the dumbest one when I look at my computer and it's 1130 on a Sunday night and I'm starting to record a second podcast. <laughs> No, this is good. When you listen back to this podcast, you'll be like, I think I was just a dumb middle-aged guy. Now, when, when you're 80 years no. old, you're listening. I, no I way. Think I might there's have been there's no way that freaking 70-year-olds are smarter than we are right now. We're at the peak. <laughs> we really I are. I think we're at the peak. I mean, that's yeah. fucking half of Congress. I would hope they're smarter than They're not, but yeah. Let me ask you this, Russell. Do you feel like More you're getting smarter? Do you feel like you're getting smarter every day from here on out? Like you're learning from your mistakes? I I think I'm smarter than I was three years ago, but it's hard to know three years from now if I'll be smarter or dumber. I think there's a chance I'll be dumber. You know what change I've made is that I've just taken all the mistakes I make 
And I just go, well, it's too late to change now. And I just keep doing it. Like I'm not changing anything, not trying to get any better at anything. I'm just like, yep, I, this is good. This is my life now. This is who I am. Like you can't, like, you like, can't at, fix it at, at work. You know what my bit is at work? I'm the guy who doesn't read emails very well. Uh-huh. And like I said, I got rewarded for that. Everybody like explains stuff to me. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm rolling with it now that my mistakes are now my personality. So like, but see, that's where I think, like I was going to say, I feel like I'm getting wiser, maybe not so much smarter. Mm. Like Rob, that, I mean, that's a wise move to just do that with your emails. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yes. the dumbest thing I do on a weekly basis is stay up extremely late yep. talking to you guys doing this podcast. <laughs> that is one of the dumbest things I do in my life. Well, and it's fucked too, because like when you're younger, if you stay up late, it's like, oh, you're cranky the next day, you're tired. When your guys our age, it's like, oh, this increases your risk for heart issues. It's like, well, <laughs> Jesus. Sarah and I, Sarah and I went out for our anniversary. We went out in the town for our anniversary last night, and I legit was like getting tired. I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder what time it is. I looked down, it was like eight seventeen. I'm like, good God, we are fucking old. Yeah. But you made it out. You were out. We got messages from you as late as what eleven? Yeah, we were all late. We made we made a night of it. Nice What's the Russell's? Uh, Pinball bar, which was popping, played a little paper boy, played a little uh wow. paper boy. Ugh. Yeah. They have the arcade game Ugh. paper boy. It was awesome. Yeah, that's a great one. What else did you uh, play, man? Not the band paper boy, which Rob is playing over the top of this. Oh, not, no. not Something do a little about diddy, diddy, right? Diddy, yeah. diddy, 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 if you want to, because damn, I can see the arcade I game. Want to. Now you gotta try to line up my voice with the song. The, the only reason I say that about Paperboy is I used to play Paperboy and Nintendo all the time. Yep. And it was the hardest fucking game. It was so hard that I was watching TikTok the other day and said, have you ever seen the end of Paperboy? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is what TikTok is for. And I just watched like 30 seconds to the end of the game Paperboy because I had never, ever seen it before. That Paperboy song, that guy was not from Minnesota, was he? But that was a Minnesota hit. Like, I didn't know that song until I lived in Minnesota. And everyone in Minnesota, everybody in Minnesota knows that song. This is Scum from a little nine deuce. Another fat, fat track. This is a great song. We gotta get. We should pull this up now, bro. We should okay, do what is video. it? We should do a do whole video diddy, breakdown paper of this. Boy. The I'm gonna keep talking about the video game. I, I gotta paper be honest. Boy I never song. owned Paperboy on Nintendo. You guys know I'm a judger. I kind of always judge the kids who had Paperboy as a Nintendo game. I thought that's a weak game. Like you should be playing Tecmo Bowl. There's so many better games than Paperboy. Right. I was never a. Do you have right. Paperboy at your house for Nintendo? Get the fuck out. I'm out. Yes. This is a jam. Such a jam. I have never heard this in my life. He's from San Diego, California. Moved to, Later this moved to Oakland. Oh, really? He's from San Diego. Not a lot of rappers from San Diego. Associate acts were R. Kelly, Easy e and Rhythm D. Wow. Yeah, this was 1990s. Yeah. Everybody in Minnesota knew that one, and I didn't. I didn't hear it in Iowa. Such a jam. What else did you play, Bat? So you played Paperboy? Did you play <laughs> Pinball, or what else? Uh, played a little Simpsons because Sarah used to play that with her Simpsons. with her uh, stepdad back in the day. Okay. And I think I, I think I caught a glitch. I was playing with Maggie, who has like a jump rope or something. Yep. Every time I die, I still have four. Still said four up. To the point where I literally just walked away from the machines. I'm like, I'm sick of playing this thing. And so <laughs> just left it. So somebody's probably got the new world record. And then we played some skee-ball. Nice. A little skee-ball. Good game. It was good. good. Game. So yeah. let me ask you, man, when you play skee-ball, are you a throw it as hard as you can, bounce it off the Ooh. net guy? I'm a finesse You're a finesser? <laughs> I got 
290. That was my score. Oh, and everybody shit. was very impressed with me. That's really impressive. That's I watched my I watched my kids play ski ball and it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my parenting ever. Yeah. They were they couldn't even roll it to get it under the slot. Like they would roll it and it would bounce and hit the net and then come back. And I was like, how can you not even roll a ski ball? You're idiots. So at what point do kids get over the hump? Because I've been out with my nieces and nephews, and they're probably between that five to seven-year-old range. And at about five to six, that can be a dangerous Dangerous. thing for a kid to throw one of those ski. Because it's never going up the ramp, like you said, Rob. It's like Mm -hmm. slamming against the plastic. It's flying all over the It's an American Funniest Home Video. It's an American Funniest Home Video. You getting hit in the nuts with a ski ball is just, it's it's. It's inevitable. They, but they learn, they learn. They learn quick. I can tell you this because the the uh, Lawrence Hall of Science on the Cal Ber- Berkeley campus right now has a whole exhibit devoted to games, and so it's basically a free arcade because we're members there. So they have skee ball and Papa Shot and some other things. And the first time we went to do the skee ball, it was exactly that, Russell. I was terrified. Like the kid was just flinging the yeah. thing all over. And that's and like a croquet ball. That would hurt. Yeah. And all you have to do is roll yes. it. I, I was telling my kids, I was like, you just yeah. roll it. Just, and that's they can't the problem. do it. They, they, can't, they can't roll it. It ends up bouncing oh up there. God. But by the second time we went, he had it down. And now he's like, he's pretty decent at skee ball. He's still only five. They learn fast, but it's scary as shit the first time. Aaron, you say others. Give me two other games that are at this. Pop it. Actually, actually, let us guess. Let us guess. If there's pop yeah. shot basketball and ski ball, I'm yeah. going to guess if it wasn't California, I would say there's the old rifle shooting a BB game, you know, where it's like the old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like when I went down to Daytona, that was in the arcade and my kids were like, what the fuck is this game? It's like a real gun and you're shooting stuff. I was like, well, yeah. Uh, what else do you think was there, Russell? How about what a whack-a-mole? Game? A whack-a-mole game? Ooh, that'd whack-a-mole. be a good one. No, no, that would whack-a-mole. Be a good that'd one. be a good one. Well, there's pinball. There's pinball. There's some mini golf. And then there's another game where you, it's like you launch a ball toward a target on a on a rail kind of thing. So you pull back out. Any foosball? There's no foosball, is there? I don't think so, no. That's no, not really an arcade. Air hockey. There's an Double arcade hockey. one. That's scary. That's a, that's also a scary one. You can get yeah. blood blisters from that one. Oh, I used to play. We used to have an air hockey table at my house, and I knew just how to hit it and flick it. So it would come about three inches off the table and I just fucking drill my sister's hands all the time. Like she would be terrified to play against me because I would just chip it into her hands. At the time I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And now I realize why my parents were always mad. Did you guys ever do the thing at the Papa shot where you would sneak in between the machines and then you would just hit and you'd tap the bottom of the net with your hands. So it showed like that you got like 400 baskets in in a minute and a half or whatever. I did not know you could do that. Oh, just, just so many tickets. I think I learned that from one of the guys who, uh, Complimentary movie. Complimentary movie. <laughs> you get like a million tickets. You go out there and they're like, oh, it's time. Wow, you can pick from any of these erasers. It's time for Rolling Going. All right, let's get into Rolling Going. Russell, Rolling Going, how's it going with you? Rolling Going, things are going good. I, uh, I know I was in Nashville probably about a month ago for work. I told you about some of my Nashville escapades, specifically finding oh. all of the, the Euro stands. But when I was when I was down and I actually had to go to Nashville again for another work trip. So I've been in Music City for about 10 days over a month. So I've almost hit my limit of how much time one person can spend in Nashville. But but uh, do you guys I was going to ask you, I've got really into one specific song. Do you guys ever get into like one song and you listen to it over and over for weeks upon weeks? Absolutely. So the song that I got really into over the last couple, probably two months now is. Troubadour by George Strait. I can't stop listening to it. I listen to it over and over. Rob, maybe you could pull it I don't up. I know but this one. Songs and pretty women. 
kind of a ba country ballad, country hit here. Here it comes. The chorus coming up. Chorus is coming up here. If you watch this video, it's exactly what Russell looks like right now. Yes. So I've just got really into this song, Troubadour. And so I, when I was in Nashville, I've probably requested this at about 10 bars over the last month now. <laughs> are we going to do Russell's Venmo receipts? Please. Do we we are doing thing? Russell's Venmo receipts <laughs> tonight again. Oh, my God. But so I went to all these bars, and they kept not knowing Troubadour. I'm like, how can you not know? Like, if you're an acoustic guitar player in Nashville, you've got to be able to play Troubadour. You have to, don't you? I've, I've, I've got a friend, Mike from Edina, who has every single CD. There's like 38 CDs, but he's still buying CDs just to have the collection. So I've heard George Strait my whole life, and I've, I've never heard this song before oh. by, by George Strait. Yeah. Everyone has to check it out. So yeah. do, you, do you guys want to play the game of check out Russell's Venmo in Nashville or not? Yeah. Let's do yes. it. But here, let's, what, 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 Rosie, what is your song you listen to right now? Uh, well, right over now, over and over. Yeah, right now, I've been listening to "The Creator Has a Master Plan" by Pharaoh Sanders. We're gonna go. Oh my God! Okay, so first I mean, of all, yeah, just the it's, this is it's long. It's the, the song is thirty-two <laughs> minutes <laughs> long. It's a whole song. <laughs> video album. breakdown. Here we go. <laughs> well, it's not gonna be a video for it. Aaron just gave us a thirty-two minute song that he's addicted to. <laughs> Yeah, but you got to I mean, actually. If you hear the opening notes, then you That's can really hear what Pharaoh's, okay. Pharaoh's real sound. Let's is go like. the open notes. Opening notes. I mean, this is the greatest tenor sounds sound. Like the, ever. Sounds like the Jessica Rabbit scene. I do like the sound. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys know I love Pharaoh Sanders. Okay, I don't want to talk about what song is stuck in my head because I feel so stupid after Aaron says Pharaoh Sanders, the creator of the master plan. Yeah, own it. I think I'm dumb, guys. I no, do you're not. not. No. I'm into Troubadour. Yeah, but that's like a song nobody's ever heard of. Apparently, like that's you guys are like picking this cool stuff. I, Rob, what's your what's your song you're listening to all the time now? Oh well, it's, it's never changed. I heard this the other day, and I had to listen to the whole thing again. I mean, there's just one jam out there. Oh, yeah. That's a great bass line. And it's D-Light, Grooves in the Heart, who's only mentioned yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. I checked for the whole thing. I mean, if, if, if you don't have, like, early 90s NBA All-Stars coming out to the All-Star game yes. of this song, I mean, get out of here, right? This is perfect. I mean, this is, I think, a perfect song. And from no. the Chicago Bulls. I do, <laughs> I do want to point out, this song is... A tenth of the length of Aaron's song that he picked. It's a tenth. <laughs> hey, that sounds like a familiar, familiar relationship between you guys, too, isn't it, Rob? A tenth as long. <laughs> I guess that's it. I, I, yes, I, I have made, a smaller I my, penis, and I'm dumber than I Aaron. I made my family listen to Pharaoh Sanders all day yesterday. It wasn't a popular choice, but it's some of it's difficult music to hear. Do you think that's why I make fun of Aaron so much? Is because I know he's better than me? I don't think that's really true. I don't think that's. What's Matt's current obsession? What's Matt, Matt, what's your current song obsession? Uh, I always have three or four, but the one I've listened to a lot is, is Southern about. Cross by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. This is some yacht rock, it looks like to me. Oh, oh wow. you get right. driving a yacht. Sailboat. Yep. Did not think Wait Crosby, Stills, and Nash had a yacht video. <laughs> oh, nice harmonies, though. I like that. This is a banger of a chorus, though. Matt, you're right. Yeah. Uh... 
Fall is getting there. My old soul's warning by the killers. Here it comes. Here you go. Here it goes. Think about how many times Oh, they're wailing. Ooh, man. Spirits are using You got the video where they're in the dark. It's kind of, it feels a little bit like a Bohemian Rhapsody there a little bit. Oh. This is a banger, man. That, nice is, that is a sailboat. Hold on, right here. Hold on. Get ready. It gets better. Turn it up, Rob. Just driving around listening to this song. Man, you make me want to listen to that Roman girl. Yeah. We should have some of those dumb shit uh, Baxters. They should text in or Bext in or call us and let us know what song they're That's listening to over and over. I'd love, love to hear it. Well, I, t- I told you guys that when I when I have nothing to listen to, I put on Steve Winwood Radio on yeah. Apple. Okay, and it's just all songs like that. And that song comes on like fourth every time. And I'm like, God, this is a great song. Yes, to listen too, to it. So that's, that's the one I've been hammering lately. Listen, but. what song are you currently listening to? What is your obsession? It's 802-277-BECK. Text it in. Let us know. You can do it right now just sitting there. What do you think? And plus, or you can make fun of Aaron too. That's something that cool, smart people are doing actually. It's me and Albert Einstein. <laughs> all right russell let's hear these receipts so, now this so is, i had, made, I had made some requests i think earlier and probably used a little bit of cash but i actually was at this bar i was at tootsie's orchid lounge it's one of the famous tootsies. one of oh, the yep, famous tootsies. bars right in in nashville it was at the upper level listening to a band and i ended up getting a table kind of right up next to the stage you like got a table the best spots yes. i watched someone leave and i was like i zeroed in like man i could Baller. see you being good at this when you see a table open up in a prime spot yep. there's just a way to maneuver to get to that and take oh, down you better believe it because Throw it makes the elbows. whole night so yep. much more fun Throw doesn't it elbows. can i can i tell you russell when we were in ireland we did uh, we found a spot at the bar right in front of the irish band it was like a these people would just show up right and play their instruments like the mm-hmm. Their classical Irish instruments, and somebody moved, and we got a spot. Literally, like I could touch him, I could reach out and touch him. And you know what I did that night, Russell? The ultimate baller move. That when the band went to get drinks, I bought them for him. Nice. nice. And, they, yes. and so I had this whole Irish band say thank you to me all night, and I was like, God damn, I sh- I should be living in a pub. Right? My dumb ass with my small dick. Like, that's what I should be doing with my life. <laughs> small gray dick. We talked about how, how Frank Sinatra got known for being five pounds of dick or whatever it yeah. was, Rob. Like, Rob is just reinforcing his his place in the, the, uh, the, the, dick the pantheon hierarchy. here, right? Yes. It's too late now. It's too late now. I can't reverse not course. Dick more or yes. not dick less. <laughs> small. <laughs> <laughs> Mount, Mount Dickless. Mount, Mount Dickless that I've just frowned him. Aaron's on Mount Dickmore next door. <laughs> Why did I even He's make just this like looking down from his castle. You guys just figured out the shirt. That's the shirt right there. You got a Rosie. Mount Dickmore. Rob down here. Mount Dickless. <laughs> hey, get a mouse pad of that. So before, actually, before I went to Tootsie's, I went to this place called the Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar, where they've got blues oh music, God. rock music. It's a great, I've probably been to this bar five times in a month now. Is that on the Strip or is that Printer's Alley? Printer's Alley, so it's kind of yep. off the Strip, probably three, four blocks. It's much quieter. It's great, great music, spot, though, yeah. right? Yeah. 
So one of the coolest things I've ever seen, you guys will get a kick out of this. I didn't want to forget to tell you about it. They did a thing called, essentially called Amateur Night where you've got all these musicians come in. Let's say there's about 30 of them. It's on a Monday night and they put everyone's name in a hat and they draw six names out of a hat and those six musicians come up on the stage wow. and they've just got to talk to each other for about 30 seconds and be like, what do you guys want to do? And they just start jamming. So like six wow. musicians who don't know, know each other just come up and start killing it on stage wow. and they'll play for like two or three songs. And then the MC, depending on how well they do, will come up and kind of usher them off and then they'll pick six new names out of the hat. It was amazing. It was so much fun. So who calls out the songs? Did I miss that? Who, who chooses what they play? They've just got to collaborate up on stage Russell's and decide like what the singer can do and what the what the band members can do. And they just come up wow. with it and they go. That sounds exciting. Russell's in the crowd with his saxophone. He's like, please pick me. <laughs> so what's, the, what's the best song you heard then in that, in that format? Actually, it, uh, the, some of the bands got were playing some funk music, and Flashlight was the song that really yes. blew me away. Oh, nice. Some Parliament. Flashlight. Flashlight. For sale. <laughs> That's so good. So the, I thought they were playing like Blues, Most boogie, woogie, I mean, stuff that'd be easier to play. You had all these different artists. So at some point, like someone would just kind of take control up there and say, like, this is the direction we're going. And then oh everyone else would just have to fall in. So you'd wow. have like a saxophone player standing next to a bass player and they've never met before. And two guitar players, a keyboard player, two lead singers, and they just have to make it happen. And it was one of the best music shows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's that's how fun. Rad. That is super cool. So eventually I make it to Tootsie's, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, the famous country bar, and I'm up. I've got my great table up front, and I've, I'm getting some uh, you know, songs and probably using a little cash, but at some point we've got to go to the Venmo. So this is another edition nice. of Russ's Venmo Receipts. Oh, I love it. Oh, wait. Can I? What's, what's a good song to play? <laughs> Venmo's, <laughs> Russell's Venmo Receipts. <laughs> <laughs> So generally to get a song played in Nashville, you need to pay 20 bucks. But I decided if I start Venmoing 40, I'm going to get their attention oh. and they're immediately going to have to play it. They can't put me on pause for 40 minutes. My song's got to come first, right? Oh, it's the smartest thing I've ever heard, Russell. You're, you're using capitalism. <laughs> so the Free first market. one was at 12.07 in the a.m. Oh. It was I and here's my new move. I give them options because if they don't know one, they're just going to skip it. So you got to give them options. So I gave them Troubadour, yeah. which I wanted to hear. I gave them Copperhead Road by Steve Earle. Oh, there you go. And I gave them Jolene by Dolly Parton. So I gave them three so of those hits that they could choose from. Ooh. And what they choose? They ended up playing Jolene and they killed Jolene. it. Yeah, it was really of course. Good. I mean, of course. They're going to pick Jolene if you give them that choice. You, That's a burner. So that was at 12.05 or so. About 40 minutes later, 12.44 in the a.m. At this point, <laughs> small hours. At this point, my request for $40 was two of the guitar player's choice. I just wanted the guitar player to pick two songs that he could oh kill Man, and just I let him pick. It. What the fuck are you doing, Russell? You're doing <laughs> so forty dollars to let them choose. That's what they're doing for free, my dude. What are you, like? It, what's they going actually, on? Actually, so it was kind of cool because the guitar. You know, sometimes when you're watching the band and you're like, the guitar player's the star here, right? Like that's the yeah. one who's carrying everyone. And the guitar player was just killing it. And I don't quite remember what two songs he played, but the cool thing about it is he pivoted. <laughs> they were playing almost all country, but when he says, "Well, if it's my choice, we're going to play rock," so he played like two alternative rock songs from the '90s. 
And it just like completely changed the tone of what they were doing up there. Oh, Russell, you're brilliant. You you found a calling. So at this point, (laughs) I'm starting to realize I can't keep doing $40 a a pitch here, right? Or eventually (laughs) it's going to catch up to me. So slightly later at 1.20 in the AM Venmo receipt for $20, I asked for whole celebrity skin, smashing pumpkins or queen. Holy! No way! They didn't do Queen. They didn't do Queen, did they? This is which was kind of a bummer. They did do Queen. They did Fat Bottom Girls. I was really. They had a female lead singer and another lead singer, and I thought the female singer because she was doing some rock. I thought she could maybe do the whole song, and she went. I could see her talking to the other singer, and he said, "Let's do Queen." And they did Fat Bottom Girls, which was fun. People had fun, but that's not really what I was hoping for. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be hoping for the whole too. All right, last receipt of the night. Flip that. Venmo receipt time, 124 in the a.m. This looks like it happened about yes. four minutes after my other one. Final request of the like night for $20. The band is Guns N' Roses. I requested Guns N' Roses. They played Sweet Child of Mine. They killed it. It was a great way to end the night. Yes. Jesus. Wow. That's ballsy. What if they would have played like some shitty like slow song? You played, that played patience or something. What? No, patience is really good. It's, it's slow though. What's the one where he turns into a dolphin off? They use your illusion. That's what I. That's the one. He's like, this is the one where he turns into a dolphin. We're like, what? So essentially, it was one hundred and twenty dollars via via Venmo to this band. Uh, when I probably did, could have just listened to music for for free, but I wanted to hear what I wanted to no. hear, and I wanted to hear what they wanted to play, and it was a great time. You're supporting the arts, Russell. You're a true hero. Yeah, it's probably more. Hey, it's probably more money than we've contributed to that charity here and found us, right? You're a patron of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like my license plate. <laughs> Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. I still haven't figured out. It's been a couple of weeks. What the. Flashlights to see Menzies is. <laughs> Flashlight. I gotta know what that is. I know. I do too. I gotta figure it Flashlight out. Flashlight to see Menzies. Um, no, I've been reading this. I've got like three books going, which is yes. just how my brain works with Love books. That um, but so first book is I'm halfway through um, Dave Grohl's book, his biography. Mm. Pretty darn good. It's kind of turning into just a commercial for Dave Grohl, which is interesting. And we don't have enough of those out there. Pretty awesome guy though. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good guy. Pretty good guy. You never hear Um, anything about the, his size though. There must not be a lot out there, right, Rob? Like typically we've heard (laughs) about everyone else. We've heard about Rob and Sinatra. We haven't heard about Dave Grohl. Any, any rumors on the, the size of Dave Grohl's penis? I have not heard. (laughs) You know, my ear is to the ground at all times and I haven't heard that thing hit the ground yet. So it can't be that big. It is not a Liam Neeson situation. <laughs> I've got another book. I forget what it's called. It's about habits or something. It's like the number one book in the New York Times for a while. It's one of those, not self-help, but one of those kind of nonfiction books on how to do things. And so I've got that, reading that. But then uh, I'm trying to get through and finish. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this, but Chuck Klosterman. Do you guys ever read yeah, any absolutely. of Chuck Klosterman? Bo- I love Chuck Klosterman's books. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a book great. called the nineties, which essentially starts mm-hmm. on January one of 1990 is going through it. And it, it is unbelievable to read. Have you guys, I've heard up of this that. book at all. I've heard of, I've heard about it. I've heard people really like it. I, you guys will absolutely love it if you read it. Cause it's essentially everything 
that we went through growing up in the nineties, you know, we're the first people to not, you know, not have cell phones, but then get internet and then have cell phones and all through that stuff and stuff. But, you know, one of the, the one things he's talking about is how CDs have ruined albums and all these music musicians who are before CDs came along, don't like CDs at all because all of a sudden now, instead of having to like cram everything into like 45 minutes or so or less, you know, you can have 75 minutes on a CD and it completely right. changed mm-hmm. the way things are at. And I thought it was pretty apropos for what we're doing mm-hmm. here and a lot yeah. of the things that we talk about, but it was just interesting to go through. So do you guys think CDs ruined albums? Cause I, after reading this, I absolutely think they do. I think you used to have eight to 10 songs and they're pretty tight. And if they weren't eight to 10, there was a couple long ones like Rosie's just had his 32 minute song. That was side A <laughs> of an side, album, yeah. right? You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Um, but all of a sudden when you get, you can do double discs and you're throwing all sorts of random songs and things and secret songs and all of that on the back of, you know, I am very nostalgic for the old way of doing albums after kind of reading through all this stuff. It's funny you mentioned it about CDs because I've had similar conversations with my brother and some others about streaming because now you have like the game put out a, a album that had 30 songs on it. You got people uh, yeah. like DJ Khaled's most recent, I think had like 30 songs and like stuff that could be 10 or 12 or less. So I hadn't thought of it in the context of CDs because streaming has made it so much worse. Yeah. Drake came out, I, you know, whatever Drake album, did we do a Drake out? We did a Drake out. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, that one was like 17 songs, right? Yeah. From like 2004. It's just too long. But here's the thing, just, right? If you yeah. went and you bought a CD, now let's remind ourselves, CDs were expensive as hell. That's part yeah, of what we're forgetting, right? CDs were like 25 bucks and they came in this huge thing where you're like, wow, this is going to be so big. And then it comes out, it's like yep. tiny. If you bought a CD and it was 30 minutes, wouldn't you feel ripped off by that? But that's kind of goes to the record. So the, the other part of this, which was going to get to goes to the record side of things is that people are making the same amount of money they made on vinyl yeah. as they did on CDs yeah. because of the production. You know, that's what the record companies are saying about it all. And so like that didn't help the artists at all. Right. It's just helping the record companies and the people that are putting them out. I was reading so, in the intro to the booze and vinyl book. Actually, it says in 2020 vinyl sales surpassed CDs for the first yep. time since the 1980s. They've wow. gone from a relic to relevant. Yeah. I'm going to take this opportunity. Public service announcement. Don't buy vinyl from because it's just cheap plastic. Yeah, that they're trying to, yeah. you know, go buy an actual album. It's so much better than the cheap plastic stuff that they put out. At, at what store? I didn't. Oh my god! A for you fancy cowboy hat Listen, people. They still have it. They still have sponsors. There's different quality vinyl. I didn't know that. I thought it was all just the same stuff. What's the? Is it just heavier or what? Maybe the vinyl, but like you know, I got. Uh, what do I got over? Here? Listen, got you know me. If it's not in a real zipper on an album, and I can't unzip it and see what's underneath, <laughs> I don't need it. It's both the quality of the vinyl and the quality of the of the master recording. So some stuff that gets mass right. produced, they take it from a digital recording and then put it onto vinyl. And if I it didn't see. come from an analog master, then you're just like it's right. trash. But also just like the you know the sleeve it comes in, like yeah. the ones at Target are literally just two pieces of paper put together and they slide the album in there. Whereas you get like the actual album, right? You've got the it opens up and you've got the liner notes and all that stuff, which is just so much better. And I gotta believe. It's so much better for the artist, but I don't have no idea if it is. It is amazing, isn't it? How much music quality is affected by like the size of the file. I I try to, for this podcast, get 
FLAC files, if I can, like lossless files. That's what I'm running through our little system here that we have. And it doesn't appear on the podcast because I have to mix it down so it's not a giant file that I, but when I'm listening to it on this as a lossless, it sounds so much better than when I'm like streaming it through Amazon. I don't, like, I think I'm telling you guys, it's time to invest in a network drive with a backup and you just download everything as high quality as you can and listen to it. You know what I mean? You can't it's, rely on streaming services. It's all going to go away. No, it's, it's, somebody said, why do you have this? You can just, you can subscribe. And I was like, I don't want to, I want to just have everything I want all the time, which is kind of what's led to where I am in my life right now, where I just do it, whatever I want at all times and just worry about it later. So. Yeah. So I killed that live a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So I'll never, so I don't know a couple things Buy real vinyl. Not Vinyl's from- good. Not from. They, are they going to shut us down? I don't think so. Everybody, yeah, I think everybody gets likely. that. Well, good. Well, Rosie, rolling, going. How's it going with you, my friend? Uh, it's going good. I do. So I gave away a bit of my rolling going when you asked me what I've been listening to because I do listen to Ferris Sanders a lot. I listen to him if I want to celebrate something. I listen to him if I want to think about something. But uh, he passed away yesterday, and he I'm did. not going to turn this into a sad podcast. Oh, no, this he? is the episode to do it, Rosie. This is going to be very 80, sad. He was, he was 81, 81 years old. Okay. Uh, he got his start playing with John Coltrane. Met John Coltrane, I think, in San Francisco. Uh, and he got started in, in Oakland. Uh, and then he, he played with Coltrane near the end of Coltrane's life and career. John Coltrane, near the end of John's life and career. And uh, he's the other horn you can hear on the live uh, Love Supreme Live in Seattle uh, record. And then went on to play a lot with Alice Coltrane. And uh, and then his solo albums um, uh, sort of spearheaded this this spiritual jazz movement. So if you read his song titles, his album titles, they always have to do with love and unity and peace. And that's the kind of guy he was. But he was a ferocious player of the tenor sax. Uh, he was 81, passed away yesterday. Uh, his most recent album, uh, Matt, I think you listened to a little bit, the one with Floating Points and the London Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic to listen to. Uh, and I think it's, I mean, whether this actually matters or not, he died the day after John Coltrane's birthday and he and John were, you know, very closely entwined in life. So, you know, that might mean something, it might not, but um, I, I listen to Pharaoh a lot. And so all day yesterday, I listened to Pharaoh Sanders. He does have some stuff that can be harsh on the ears. So like sometimes we walk in the house and I would be like, what the hell is this? But Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. The second line of his Wikipedia page says, known for his overblowing harmonic and multiphonic techniques on the saxophone. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. exactly right. Yeah. He came up with sounds that no one would ever hear before. I mean, sometimes, yeah, the, especially uh, like on John Coltrane's Ascension recording, he's making sounds that sound like from another dimension. And he, but he played, he can play really sweetly too. So he was just, I, I think... One of the great, one of the great musicians. I saw so many great tributes to him on on the internet yesterday. Uh, someone called him the last of the greats, and um, yeah. So, so that's that's the first thing. Little Rock, Arkansas. He's from Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, Little Rock, Arkansas, and then became one of the greatest jazz players of all right. time. Now, do you guys ever think about like when you see somebody who's eighty one who dies? And obviously, this is the depressing episode for everybody because we're listening to the Smiths. And you just think to yourself, well, I'm 41, right? So I can get another 40 years till I live as long as Pharaoh Sanders. What am I going to do with all that time? Like, yeah. what is, do I, am I just going to sit every Sunday and watch football and then go to work and then do this podcast? Like, is this just the rest of my life <laughs> for the next 40 years? The list because I prefer not to waste like 20 years of my 40 doing this. Like maybe five. 
Yeah. Oh, but Pharaoh was, yeah, Pharaoh like was, was playing right up to the end of his life. So I'm also, I'm very excited because I, I am just recovered from COVID and I'm going to get real wild with my newfound immunity. There are two very small record stores in Oakland that I never went to during COVID, but now I'm, I've got, I've got a couple of weeks where I'm pretty sure I'm immune. So I'm going to go see if I can find any Pharaoh Sanders records at there the Groove Yard awesome. or contact records in close quarters. What if you go to the small record stores and they're literally just selling small records? Like it's a giant <laughs> store, but all the records are tiny. And you're like, I did not understand. With people with really small hands fiddling, like looking through them. Smell like cabbage. Yeah. yeah. Rosie, do you know where you went to uh, college? I don't. I don't know where he went to college. Oakland City College. I know Sanders he got his. And- I know he got his start in Oakland. In fact, I read an anecdote yeah. uh, that he would come back to Oakland in, even in the nineties. And just show up yeah. at clubs and they they just studied they, art they music. Just yeah, that, that'd be so fun. Yeah, yeah I know he got fun. started in Oakland. Aaron, what? So what, other than Pharaoh Sanders, because you know when we when we go to a record store, you got to run some sort of plays. You got to run a system. What what what's your system? What are you looking for? Well, I'll, I'll I'll go in and look for Pharaoh Sanders, and they'll be like, "No, he just died. Of course, there's no Pharaoh Sanders records." I'm like, yeah. "Well, maybe there's an Alice Coltrane record." And they're like, "No, of course. Like Pharaoh Sanders just died. They bought up all the Alice Coltrane records." Uh, sounds, might, sounds fun so far. Yeah, I mean, I, the the one I'm t- planning to go to, well, there are two. So the one I'm planning to go to specializes in jazz. Uh, I'm kind of interested in Coleman Hawkins. Um, he's more of an earlier earlier guy than Pharaoh, so maybe I'll see if there's any Coleman Hawkins. Um, the last time I went into this other one, I went specifically to pick up an Art Blakey record that they had posted on Instagram. And then that record is called Behind His Delight. It's a great, it has um, Moon River on it. Uh, but that was, they were selling for $150. So I had to like moonwalk back out of there. Like, I was like, hey, I was looking for that record right there. And he's like, yep, it's a great copy. And I looked at it, it was like $150. And I was like, um, thanks, uh, I gotta go. Yeah. So, so is that know, one that you have to take this. the tag off if you bring that home and leave it on the kitchen table? Is that one like the. Uh, yeah. That's one that, like, maybe when my son is in his teens, I'll spend that much money on a record, but not with a five-year-old in the house. We were down in uh, Stillwater, and we went into a record store, and this lady is more of a vintage store lady. It said she had all these band t-shirts, and I think a lot of them for, like, reprints and stuff, but she had an original pressing of Oasis' Wonderwall. Um, it was still in the package and everything. And she was selling it for like 200 bucks. And I'm like, God, really? 200 bucks that thing? That's a lot you know, for kind a of record, thing? right? And yeah. what do you do? Do you yeah. play it? Like, what if you scratch well, it? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, that, that's kind of why I didn't buy it. Because it's like, well, I want to play it. So I'll yeah. just go buy a $40, you know, used old vintage copy or whatever, you know, so. Aaron, you should buy that Marquee Moon. I heard it's jazz inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I don't, I don't spark. agree. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the last song on Court and Spark? Court and Spark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's oh. that's it. That's it for me. How's it rolling going with Rob? Listen, I went to the comedy cellar. First of all, I want to say, Aaron, I also have COVID this weekend. Uh, but it's, I did I got rough. I tested myself twice. That means I have double COVID. It's actually yeah. worse. <laughs> I went to the Does doctor. Does it make me a bad friend when you guys texted texted and said you had it? I didn't show any like care. Like I wasn't like, oh, are you? No, doing? I just no. ignored no, it. What are you going to do about it? No, I mean, mostly yeah. it was just like, uh, no. in case I can't talk, I'll let you guys know. But you, you can't do anything. I was shocked when I found out it was real. I'd been listening to Aaron this whole time, and I was like, huh? This COVID is a real thing. What's going on? Scamdemic. I went to the doctor though and took off my pants, and he said, well, at least you don't have long COVID. <laughs> um, so we went to the comedy cellar there day, Jenny and I and some friends as we are wont to do. 
And as, as it was going, there was a group of, it was very funny because they were a super conservative, like frat guy, but they were chatting the whole time. Chat, 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 these, and they are monstrous guys. I mean, they're like six, four, they're huge. They're, they're just the most giant guys. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit there. Cause I was right next to him and I was like, I'm just going to sit here. I don't want to cause anything. And they're not like, it's not that bad, but it was distracting from the act. Right. Bedazzled pant pockets or back. No, pockets it's or like, <laughs> it's like fancy, like from Martha's vineyard. Like they would know a good place to eat in Martha's vineyard, for example, like it's this kind of group sweater they, with the arms tied across much. the chest. Yeah, pretty much. And so of course this problem is immediately solved when Jenny leans across me oh, no. and oh, no. goes, <laughs> Shh. Oh, this doesn't sound familiar at all. And so, <laughs> and says, you can't talk during the show. It's distracting, right? So I do the very brave male thing of looking straight forward. Do not, do not acknowledge that this happened whatsoever. Meanwhile, Jenny is in front of me, like, like look at like eye contact with him, right? So they they say, oh, okay, and they they quiet down a little bit or whatever. When we get up to leave, the guy that she shush gets up. Oh no, and he has scars on his face fresh he has stitches here here oh. here it was obvious that the night before he had gone out and had gotten hit in the face with a with like a beer mug oh, it was no. there was it was the only thing his face looked like i mean he had just gotten hit with a glass last night like a mug it was it looked terrible this is the guy that Jenny shushed. She looked at a guy and shushed and he looked over and his face was so scarred. I was like, what the fuck, Jenny? Why would you shush? The one guy that she shushed is the guy who good, obviously loves to get in can, bar fights. You can get him while he's down. He's probably recovering from the night before. I was going to say, clearly you're the, you're the guy who can't take a bottle of the face. I mean, or who got a bottle of the face. Like he, she found the weak one, yeah. right? No, no, you guys are wrong about this. This guy got hit with a fucking bottle the night before and still went out the next night. Yeah, but you're like the you're like the American champ, raw lifter. Like I've thought about this, Rob. Like if you were to play football right now, wouldn't you just dominate for how strong oh, yeah. you are? If we don't have to do anything over five seconds long, yeah. Could anybody yeah, but could anybody push you around right now? I don't think anybody could. You no. are you're a lot no. stronger than I think you're a lot stronger yeah. than you. You know what would actually hurt though? You know what doesn't matter how much you can squat is if somebody hits you in the face with a fucking bottle, which this guy <laughs> learned the night before that he has to do it before somebody hits him with a bottle. I'm lucky he didn't just do preemptive strike on my face with a yeah, bottle. Cobra Kai strikes first, right? Oh my God. And of course that's who Jenny fucking shot. I mean, you would you wouldn't believe it if you saw it. This guy, I mean, literally, it's the only injury he could have had. Fresh stitches. That's the move, though. You got to go at the toughest, the biggest badass in the group, and you got to challenge them because if they back down, they all back down. You, if you pick on the pick on one of the weaker ones, then they're going to gang up on you. So I think you got you got to aim for the biggest dog in the pack and go for that. I think she's right. You know who agrees with you, Jenny, because she did that and then just slinked <laughs> away back behind me. So I was sitting there, and they all turned to look at me. God damn! I almost got my ass kicked at the comedy club. Aaron, Matt, what, what would your, be your style? So I'm, again, I'm a, I'm a walker, not a talker. I, I used to be a talker, right? For, 10 years ago, I would have certainly said something, and now I've just passed it. I just, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't want to get involved in that stuff. I don't want that to ruin my night. What's your guy's style? Would you ever sit over and shush someone or not? Yeah, life is too short. It'll be just fine. Odds are there's a Jenny in the crowd who's going to do it anyways and let them let them <laughs> yeah. handle it from there, right? Yeah, I, like, I wouldn't be saying anything. They can be the bad guy and, yeah. you know, shush them and all that. And we can just sit and have fine. Yeah. No, I would not. I would not be getting involved. You know, the main reason I didn't do anything too is that there was like eight of them. 
And I was like, when you get eight college age guys going out together, they're looking for trouble. Like they're looking for any yeah. excuse. Or at least one of them is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of them might have to back that one up. Oh my God. I mean, it was. I mean, the only way to approach that, right, I, I think would be is if you just very gently went over there and said, guys, my wife over here, she's a little hard of <laughs> hearing. She's a, you know, she's not hearing. all there. She's, she really can't here do you mind i mean just just while the show is going on do you mind just not talking as much i mean i i really appreciate it for my wife she's got that's she's very, got problems that's very thoughtful of you and then bash a bottle hits your face there's a jenny in every crowd let them let them handle it you don't need to be the bad guy sometimes there's more of them out there than you think she's gonna cause trouble <laughs> nobody's favorite this is everybody's favorite part the music part Aaron, this is the part my uncle skips. He literally ah, just turns it off every he's week. He's not as enlightened as, as he <laughs> needs to be. Maybe we should start saying goodbye to everybody. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. All right, well, thanks to having us around. I'm sure Joe from Woodbury, he hates music. I think Brian was the whole thing. Yeah. Let's see. Brian and his kids. And his- <laughs> everybody, we're starting the music it's section. Time to say, to say goodbye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when you hear great music like this, why wouldn't you want to stick around and hear it? And by the way, that that song that you just heard is going to be the most positive thing you're going to hear for the rest of the night. Like that was the happiest bit of music that you're possibly going to hear. We are talking about the Smiths album, their third album, I believe. Uh, the Queen is Dead. The Smiths are made up really of the guitarist Johnny Marr and the front man, famously Morrissey, of course. And Morrissey, just a, I'm just going to tell you right now, Morrissey is just a bit of a bummer, right? Like you, you always have that person at work who, when you get talk to him, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. This guy's a total bummer. That's Morrissey. Morrissey is a professional bummer. He is the, he is on the Mount Rushmore of bummers. He's on the Mount Rush bummer. Like he's, he's the only person out there. He's a rush bummer. In fact, he's such a bummer that I actually, his Wikipedia has the word forbade three times. Because Morrissey forbade people from doing so many things. For example, he he instructed the band to never get photographed eating meat with his after the album Meat is Murder, right? right? Well, maybe that meat looked like that package of uh, whatever replacement meat that resembled Rob the other day, (laughs) two weeks ago. Impossible beef. What is it called? Nobody's interested in that meat whatsoever. But he picked the name, the Smiths, Morrissey, because he said, I wanted to pick the most boring name imaginable. Sounds like somebody had some mommy issues. I, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently when he came on stage, he had a, he would have his glasses on and he would, he was wearing a hearing aid, which you can imagine. I bet this is the first artist we have who performed wearing a hearing aid. Um, and yet this band, the Smiths is one of people think this is one of the most influential English bands ever of kind of like emotional rock and going, this is, this is pretty much a direct kind of going the opposite of pop at the time, right? Is really being poetic, talking about your feelings. Are they before or after the cure or are they contemporaries? Like before influenced two there. Okay. All right. So what is this first? Yeah. 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 Before, but this is like the cure was at least like. I think more poppy than this. Like I, I was, I've never listened to the Smiths. I was shocked with how well recorded this is. I thought this was going to be kind of like a, like this well, sounds yeah. really, really, really good. I take good. that back. The Cure started in 78 and they had a few bands right around oh, this time. Okay. So they're probably, you know, contemporaries yeah. like sharing ideas. The stuff no, that I remember right from the Cure is like 84 to 87 kind of stuff. The, yeah. The really good stuff. And so, yeah. 
And so basically they did one more album after this. And then surprise, surprise, they broke up and swear they're never, ever getting back together. And they said that this uh, breakup was primarily because Morrissey was irritated with the guitar player's work with other artists. And the guitar player was frustrated with Morrissey always wanting to do the same songs over and over and over, which well, you might uh, hear a little bit on this album, but let's get into it. The Smiths, the queen is dead. Not splooting. But it is funny because the song caused a bit of a stir when they released it. But he always said, he said, you know, it's a double entendre because Morrissey's gay. And he says, well, I'm also the queen in this song as well. So in classical Morrissey fashion, he's like, no, the queen isn't dead. It's about me being dead. Everybody's like, oh, God, what a bummer. I read there was a harmonium on this track. I don't know. I didn't know what a harmonium was. It turns out it's a reed organ or a pump organ, and the pump organ could be a hand pump organ or a foot pump oh. organ. It looks like an accordion. Oh, you could you could foot pump it if you're into that. Yeah, I'll tell you. Once you're over thirty, though, not many people are into the foot pumping. <laughs> no. you know? Yeah, you're mostly playing your own harmonium. That's what oh. I find. <laughs> It maybe if it's like your birthday, it'd be like, oh, we'll break one, out though, the you got to be standing up. Yeah. So that doesn't really go for you, Rob, does it? I, I did read too, like that, that part of it was like, you didn't want to attack the monarchy, right? But he was kind of saying like, hey, we act like this is such a big deal. Everyone follows like the queen and all the, you know, the mm-hmm. royal stuff. And it's kind of just a joke because they're really not that important. Did you, did you guys ever get into stuff like that or not? I know last week, Aaron, Man. you were talking about your dad not being an Anglophile, but did you guys ever like, do you follow the Meghan Markle stuff? Do you follow any of this stuff? No, and I'm actually no. pissed off about it. I'm sorry that you brought this up, Russell, because I I've been so fucking annoyed since the Queen died <laughs> that like you, I go to look at the New York Times or I go to look at Apple News, and like half the time there's yeah. Queen stuff on the front page. Like you guys know me, I'm not super nationalistic, but like we fought an entire goddamn war so that we don't have to care about whether the Queen lives or dies, and it's yes. all over our damn news. I'm so sick of it. Sorry, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Patriot. When I think of Patriot, I think of <laughs> Rosie. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we kicked him out, so we don't have to care. I think the there wasn't the royalty bigger before reality TV. Don't don't you think reality TV killed the royalty? Like the royalty royalty was the thing where it was like, oh my gosh, princess dies cheating, and then you know uh, uh, the prince said, oh, I want to be your tampon. <laughs> You know, I had to bring it up again, but we kind of have to. And like, that was like the hot goss of like celebrities before reality TV. Now reality TV, you see people acting like crazy all the time. I mean, if I want to see Flavor Flav find a woman to date, that show exists. I don't need to hear about the queen and all of her dogs and how all the trouble these I feel like had. it was just like TV in general, right? I yeah. mean, you just had, you didn't have celebrities before. You had presidents and... Congress people, you know, the queen, you know, but like there wasn't like movie stars and there wasn't athletes and things like that. I mean, it's just who, who are you going to write about? I don't know. Like the fact that that prince was like, I don't want to be in the Royal family anymore. We're leaving. Boo hoo 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 hoo. Right. Oh, this is so hard. I'm just going to want to be a normal person. That is the same as when I saw Kim Kardashian lose her engagement ring in the ocean from Chris Humphreys, that engagement ring. It's one of the funniest scenes on TV ever. It's great. She has this huge ring. She jumps in the ocean. It's gone forever. It's wonderful. It makes you laugh. That's what the queen used to be, right? Yes, Rob, you're right. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. So Kim Kardashian is on the same level as the queen. 1,000%. They're exactly the same. I kind of agree. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you, Russell. And frankly, Mr. Shankly, 
This song is bizarre. <laughs> it's like he's doing a Paul Scherzer. No, I'm going to tell you right now, this album is an all-time college vibe album. You put this on, you are set up a vibe. Not a great vibe, but it's a vibe. And you're sending this, out a message. This is the vibe of like the three guys who have no other friends are playing this. This is not a good college vibe, I don't think. I, I, I will say I vibed with this one today because we're recording this on a Sunday and tomorrow I get a new boss my seventh boss in my tenure at my job and it did start to corrode my soul a little bit so this one spoke to me today hey guys this is going to be known as the depressed episode let's do all the depressing (laughs) stuff this episode and we'll just say it was the Smiths that caused it and Morrissey and everybody's going to understand that song and just to pile on that song described by Morrissey was the resentment and emptiness caused by fulfillment of desire and success I mean, that's it, right? It's like, hey, I've done as well as I possibly can in life. I've done everything I and want. Now what? Yeah. What are we going to do now? I'm going to die when I'm 81. God only knows what I'm going to do. I mean, do you think other people are jealous that we have this podcast, that we have something that we do like this? They are. Yeah. Because, Absolutely. Yes. People are because we're 100%. here together with each other. Enjoying. And that just goes to show how fucking dumb our listeners are, because this is absolutely a nightmare. Every time we log oh, no. on, we're like. The people who express jealousy about it to me don't actually listen to the podcast. They just think oh, it's cool when I talk to my friends. I read that uh, Linda McCartney actually declined playing the piano on that song. They wanted Linda McCartney. Well, Rob, if, if I were Linda and I came to you and I said, hey, hey, Morrissey wants me to play the piano on this. Paul, what, what should I do? What would he say? He'd be like, oh, Linda, the one thing you can't do is play that hand pump harmonizer because you only have one leg. <laughs> right. Was that her? Oh. Or was that a what? I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I think that might <laughs> You get blown off by landmine or something? What was it? Oh, no. This is the depressing episode. This is the episode to talk about this stuff. What happened to her leg? I don't know. Wasn't she a photographer with only one leg? I mean, that you got to imagine. At least she had a ton of pictures that were sideways because she was falling over. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible putter. Never read the breaks. The average number of legs in the United States is below two. Uh, all right. <laughs> I know I it's saw, over. I saw Greg Olson on TV today. Speaking of, <laughs> that guy's got a big dick too, doesn't he? He says his dick is like a tripod. Third, third leg, Greg. Yeah, I saw him on TV today. <laughs> Who's that? And that reminds Greg. me, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater got into a game. <laughs> have you seen? Have you guys seen? You guys seen his Louisville picture, right? <laughs> okay. Sorry, I brought this up. Oh no, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Penis and don't bring up Santa Shanko. How do you know all this, Rob? Look at the, look at his school picture. That was him at Louisville. That's his school picture. Look at that thing. Look at it. Why? Why are we? How did we get here again? It's as big as the number on his jersey. Literally, if you compare it to the number of his jersey, his dog is the same size. It looks like a towel hanging down. It's unbelievable. Who's Greg Olson? Uh, he was a tight end at Miami. And oh, then gotcha, the, gotcha. Yeah, he's a, he's a he was the, he's the commentary announcer guy, guy now. Yeah, I don't right. even know if we're allowed to play this, but you know what Greg Olson was originally famous for? That for rap, rap he did, Being right? part of their seventh floor crew with the Miami yes. Hurricanes. How is he, he even called third how, is he, Greg. How, how is he not got canceled for that? What's your name? G-Reg. What you do? Get head. How you drop my drawers and let us see my third leg? That's a good question. That is a very good question. I think if you go to the University of Miami, they're just like, Okay, whatever. Like it's good. Like that's you're good for whatever. Don't worry about it. It's it's the two life crew rule. 
Uh, I know it's over. So just to let you know, now listen, oh, I don't want to bum you out, but sweet one. the opening <laughs> lyrics of this song says, oh mother, I can feel the soil falling over my head as I climb into an empty bed. Oh well, enough said. P.S. Happy birthday. He is a clever person. He's very good. I will say. The English are in general. Though. I, mean, I think you're right. But I will say like, he, he's got a moody voice. The songs are moody, but there is some humor to it too of like, it's so depressing that sometimes he knows it's over the top and like plays with that. And, and what do you guys compare this to, or what does it? What does this inspire when you hear this? Like, what other bands or artists do you think of? Well, I thought of The Cure, but I don't know. Yeah, a little Duran Duran. I mean, a little uh, Talking Heads. Yeah. A little yeah. Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> Not crazy. I don't think that's crazy. It's uh, the tone is kind of similar. I just thought Russell was trolling for Rob to sing the crash test episode. Is <laughs> <sings> it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And turn from black into bright white. <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> but I do think, like, there's something to be said about these songs that are so outwardly depressive, and then his voice is depressing. And yet the songs are beautiful, right? Like, if you're kind of hearing yeah. them through a door no, or something. Like, always, they're I've, legit, I've never, beautiful songs. Yeah, I've never listened to the Smiths on purpose, but they do get played in bars and restaurants fairly frequently. Oh my God, you got to go to some different bars, my dude. This and is anytime, depressing. Well, like, like Triple Rock Social Club, places like that. Like anytime I'd walk in like and the Smiths run, I'd be like, oh, I like this band. This is good. This is why I don't go to coffee shops. <laughs> what if the next song on the album was like Jitterbug? <laughs> Jitterbug. <laughs> <laughs> you bring the bang bang into my heart. Instead, we have a song called Never Had No One Ever. And my only note for the song is just so depressing. I just wrote so depressing for this one. Maybe like a sad REM song. I don't even know what this is like. Well, Russell, you know, that's true. it's interesting that you would bring up sad songs. Okay. It, it kind of got me thinking a little bit. Like You were thinking. I really don't like sad stuff, like to the point where my wife loves sad stuff. It's her favorite thing to do. We Interesting. We were meeting new friends at when my wife was in medical school and we had these people over and we've been lifelong friends with them. But the first thing we ever did hanging out together ever, first thing is Jenny goes, hey, I got this movie on Netflix. Do you want to watch it? And this couple was like, yeah, sure. Let's watch it. It was a documentary about orphans oh. in Romania no. Who huffed paint what? in the subway where they lived because they also had no home. Oh. And at the end of the movie, we're all crying. <laughs> crying. And Jenny's like, mm, that was pretty good. I mean, she loves it. She's like a vampire for being sad. She loves I can't do it. Like, because she'll say to me, like, oh, I, I I like this book I'm reading, but you like, where are the crawdads sing? Right? She read that. She's like, you can't read it, it's too sad. I won't go see sad things. I only see comedies now, like in theater and stuff. Like I just cannot. Yeah. Oh, but you know, sometimes with music, listen, it's not always jitterbug. Jitterbug. It, sometimes you have to listen to some sad songs. So I was thinking, Russell. Oh, I was going to ask real quick though, Rob. Um, yeah. If you don't want to look at sad things, did you get rid of that full length mirror in your bedroom? <laughs> wow. I replaced it with a picture of Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I thought this was our depressing album. I thought we were <laughs> just doing sad stuff. Yeah. Actually, you know, my, the lower part of my body is the best looking part. So that's the full length part is that I need. You know what I need is I need a mirror a that's from like my only. shoulders up and like the bottom of my balls down. Like that yes. part of my body I'm thrilled with. <laughs> 
it's like those when the magicians would like cut people mm-hmm. in half and they Love would like it. take their Sign head apart, up. their feet apart somewhere. Yeah, saw me in half. Those are the parts I want. Take everything else out. You know, the people getting taller surgery, I'm doing the opposite, cutting it out, <laughs> getting shorter. <laughs> Love it. So Russell, I decided to think about what are the saddest songs of all oh time? God. So we're doing a oh list. God. We're, just, <laughs> we're just going all, we're oh leading God. in on the depressing <laughs> album. I told you guys, it's the sad album. Now listen, Rolling Stone had a uh, listener poll. Uh, uh, so I was like, hey, Rolling Stone magazine, it's what we've based our whole dumb podcast on. Let's do it. The saddest songs ever. Well, it turns out those songs were actually sad and they were about sad things. Like, I'm not even going to tell you what the number one song is because you will get too sad just thinking about it. So instead, oh, tell us. What was I've it? Combined, was it about a middle aged man in Minnesota huffing I, paint or not? It's got to be no, Sam, it's much Sam worse. Stone, actually. Sam Stone by John Prine, the saddest song in recorded That's history. on the list, but it's not. On the I know. List. It's, it's sad as shit. So here's the deal is I'll tell you at the end of the episode. Okay. After the song, I'm going to tell you guys, okay. we're going to cap it with all the right. saddest fact of all. That's going to be the big reveal. We'll okay. work up to it. Here's the deal. So I combined the Rolling Stone saddest song list with my own saddest song list. And we're going to start with a song that has made me cry. When I was in high school, I listened to the song. I listened to the lyrics. I absolutely cried my eyes out. You cried. This is Johnny Cash with I Hung My Head. Jesus. Yeah. I set off running. And this Beautiful. is a song yeah, about a kid who accidentally shoots somebody like in cowboy times. Went into the sheen. And then gets arrested and hanged for his crime. And I just I was That's listening to this one day. I don't know what it was. I was like in my, my car driving my and I just hands. cried and cried and the cried. So sad. Incredible. I know Aaron's brought this up before, but the and then the old Johnny Cash songs are just heart wrenchers, aren't they? Yeah. No reason. So then you hear about him growing up like in the Dust Bowl on a farm all by himself. You're like, yeah. Listen right here. There's like this chime. It just, it tear. right now I'm like yeah, tearing just, up. Just a killer, yeah. It's just like, how can you sing a song and make a halfway through his life man cry? Like, that's crazy. Uh, next up, just for Matt, listen, there's a song that the guitarist brought with him when he joined the band. He had written it as a demo. Pearl Jam, I don't know any other fact about the song, but here it is, Black by Pearl Jam. It's all about how, listen, I know you're going to be the bright star in somebody else's life. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, Jeremy's about a kid shooting people in his class. You know, better man, dreams and can't find a better man, all this stuff. I mean, they they sing some depressing-ass shit. Man, you think about a song, talk about a song that's perfectly recorded and mixed, this thing sounds fucking great. Because of my flack. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so that's maybe this is a terrible idea, guys. We should not be doing this. this is, oh, no, Rob. Let's, this is great. let's yeah, keep it up. Okay, really so we have a classic. We have so a classic. Glad you did this, Rob. Can I tell you that two of these songs I just pulled from the soundboard I have? Because, you know, Everybody this song. Oh, Jesus. This this is Aaron. We Aaron and I had a. Uh, this is probably about a year ago where Aaron and I went off on one King of the Hill episode. But this is famous for when Bobby got gout. So this is a sad song. This is about when Bobby from King of the Hill got gout. Oh, think about Aaron with gout. I got gout. Figs, figs are piling up. His feet hurt. And then he's going to the dance with Susie, yeah, the neighbor. He's dragging his foot up. He's, his, he's up got the a hill. rascal. Yeah, he ate too many chicken livers. Rascal doesn't work, so he's got to walk on his he gout. Too many chicken livers. 
I got gout. <laughs> Think you've had too much. I couldn't finish this list. Well, we're not finished, but the third third song on here from the end. I mean, I had to go back. It's I hurt my How could you not? Today. <laughs> So I have heard this. I have heard this song. Speaking songs in bars. I've heard this on yeah. a jukebox in the bar, like during the day. You're just, just like, go hey, give that person a hug, right? Yeah, like, right. What the you hell? Gotta find the person. The lyrics this. are: I hurt myself today to see if I could feel the song that's so big. Nobody thinks of the Nine Inch Nails versions anymore, right? Yeah. This is the version that is. See, I still love the Nine Inch Nail version. Like everybody else knows that one, but the Nine Inch Nails. All right, we'll talk. Let's talk about some more depressing ones. I actually haven't just a what else you heard Matt pull up I haven't heard that. What, what, what are you guys most depressing songs? What else? There's a uh, one of the other songs that I listen to all the time now, and God, we can't have Rob play them, but it's uh, "Warning we'll Signs" in. by um, Coldplay. And I think we should pull up some lyrics. It's, it's just depressing. The warning signs that you're breaking up with somebody, things like that, like. Depressing ass shit. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. I mean, the whole album, I just get in a bad mood sometimes after I listen to it. I don't listen to it that often anymore. I don't know. I just want to make it to heaven. I just want to make it in. Listen, this is a good time for me to tell you a real life sad story I have going on. Let's hear it. It's a depressing episode. I because of COVID, I had to cancel my weightlifting and powerlifting meet this weekend, oh, which is a man, bummer. That sucks. Yeah. But even worse, it was my daughter's first powerlifting meet today. Yeah, how'd and it go? How'd and this do? is I want to be just like you, Dad, isn't it? And I had to watch her over a live stream because I couldn't uh, be there in person. Oh, it was totally bad. just like the number two song, the cats, cats in the Cradle. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Look at this sign my daughter made for my other daughter. Look at that. She's never made a sign like this for me ever. Literally, when she started, I cried at my computer. Proud dad moment. Yeah, cried because she didn't set like a national record, or you no? She says state record at the bench, of course. Hey, um, and she's only a bit away from the national bench record. But here's the deal: and I did miss one of her lifts because I was putting together a list about sad songs. But <laughs> 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 I missed her lift, and I was like, "Oh my god, I missed one of her lifts." Do the podcast. Now, I think one of the saddest songs, though, is we have been talking about getting older. This has kind of been a Toy Story type situation where we just <laughs> talk about getting older, depressing. Actually, one of the most depressing songs you can think about is, is there going to be a time in your life where you can ever use this song again? No weddings, no... I mean, there's nothing Uh, big coming up on the horizon. There's nothing great. So ironically, the song Celebrate by Cool and the Gang reminds you... This is actually one of the most depressing past. songs ever. All the fun is in the I, rear view I'm, here. Going, I'm going to the wedding of one of our listeners in uh, in October in Kansas City, so I will let you know if they play cool in the game. Well, I hope you don't get COVID and have to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rob, you won't be invited to that one either. <laughs> hey, Aaron, I hope you sing and ruin their wedding like you ruined Rob's wedding, too. <laughs> I've not been invited to sing at this one. I don't know what that says about me, but... 
Aaron, if when I get remarried, you're definitely going to be singing my wedding, whether you like it or not. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. So listen, this is this is a song, Cemetery Gates. This, do you know what this song is about? A lot of authors, friends hanging out in a cemetery, talking about authors. Guys, everyone is hanging out in a cemetery except for me. They're using Gravefinder.com. They are finding those graves. Finding graves, man. Hang out. It kind of sounds like uh, we, someone mentioned this band the other day. Bare naked ladies, a little bit there. Ah. Uh, there is something about his voice with the super bright guitar sound, isn't it? And like, it works. Kind of the fun, like super fun rhythms. Rob, you mentioned the the guitar sound on this. I believe the guitar player is Johnny Marr. Is that right? Yeah. So actually, there was a, another artist that we know a few years back who played a song, pulled in Johnny Marr for a song. It was Beck. Whoa. And the song was Milk and Honey, and he had him do these Leonard Skinner type riffs. Check this out. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the guitarist from The Smiths? The Smiths is playing the guitar on this song with Beck. When it comes to playing songs about things that give Rob digestive issues with people from The Smiths, who did it better? Beck did it better. Every time. And I like Beck's other song called Baby Guinnesses. From two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, All right. So... Now we have, uh, this is the lead single. So they had not made an album for a couple years before this one. And they released this single to show them that, hey, a new Smith's album is coming out. And it's called Big Mouth Strikes Again. Whoa. I know how Joan of Arc felt. I know how Joan of Arc felt. As the flames rose to her Roman nose and hearing aid began to melt. Can you jump to the beginning just, of this one? Just weird. I mean, this is, I love the lyrics on this. It's so good. I heard Mumford and Sons. I think there's no yes. Mumford and Sons without this song. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. A thousand percent. Oh, I definitely hear that. And I actually, I Googled to see if there was any connection and I couldn't figure out the name of the blog, but there was definitely some sort of message board where they were having an argument over who the worst band in the world was. The Smiths or Mumford and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> the Smiths were a four to zero on the on the page I was reading. It votes. No, no, I, I think I'd rather listen to the Smiths than Mumford. And What's Sons. your alias on that message board? Yeah, oh, pile of shit three. Meat is murder. Pile of shit three. <laughs> Raw is going to be depressing for you. <laughs> the boy with the thorn in his side. So this one might be an upper. I don't know. Let's let's listen. <laughs> so this was the, the thorn. Is the music industry? They don't all sound depressing though, unless you listen to the lyrics, right? No. You just tune out the lyrics. Like Matt's pretty good at tuning out the lyrics sometimes. They don't all sound depressing, do they? No, not at all. What do you think of this one, Matt? The album. Uh, these ones feel like they're on some 1992 yes. indie film or something, right? right. Like that's is the background for it. So I like these ones. You know, to Russell's point, I don't listen to the lyrics. I couldn't tell. I didn't know the one before that. I didn't know they talked about Joan of Arc and mm-hmm. Roman Nose and all. I just, I never listened to that. So the ones that are a little more upbeat, I'm fine with. But the ones that are dark and dreary, man, they... They're dark and dreary. I'm so I'm blown away that this sounds so good. I I always thought of the Smiths as like a kind of a I don't know what a garage band almost, but the, the recording of this 
And that's another way I think that they're like the cure where it's a super clear sound and they really pay attention to the, having those high frequencies and low frequencies kind of mixing at the same time. A vicar in a tutu. I have a more silly one, actually. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, the guitar work, too. Yeah, very, very rockabilly. Yeah, they're very adept at incorporating different musical styles. And they're, you know, pretty talented. I don't know, guys. This might be an album I keep listening to after this. It's kind of a... Kind of well, a vibe, this right? This is the type of music you listen to when you're at 41 and that you're on the yeah, back half of your life and you got nothing to care about, right? You can't play the horn like Ferris Sanders, so what are you going to do yeah. with your life? What are you going to do? Listen to the <laughs> Smiths. Just stare off into space. Uh, this one is what a lot of people think is the quintessential. There's one Smiths album on the 500 list. They think People think this might be the perfect Smiths song. And as Aaron alluded to earlier, the lyrics... And if a double-decker bus crashes into us, to sure. die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. And if a 10-ton truck kills the both of us, to die by your side, truck. the pleasure, the privilege is mine. Mine. Can you imagine? This, this, Russell mentioned R.E.M., and this is what makes me think of R.E.M., because I, I wait the entire album to hear this track, and then I put this one on repeat. Yeah. It's just like night swimming for me. It's like, I don't care about the rest. I just want to get to There is a Life That Will Never Grow Out. So I love this song. This might be one of the top 10 songs we've done on this list. This is such a great love song. Really? I just I love, love yes. this listen, yes. Just listen right here. It's so good. What do you think of Morrissey's voice here? And how does he how does he use his voice? It's kind of unique, right? Yes, he's so he has a really pure like he's singing really beautifully here. He has a really beautiful voice, and then he has these other songs like uh, well, I think in the opening track where he just comes off the melody entirely and and doesn't seem to bother with melody. Mm-hmm. And then he he's you know he does a lot with what he has. He's he he chooses a unique way to per, to approach each song in a in a way that his voice wouldn't lend itself to. You guys will never believe what bands inspired uh, the Smiths. If I told you that it was Velvet Underground and the Stooges, would that surprise you at all? No, no. No, it's like the. I would have like, said Elvis Costello too, but yeah. But those bands didn't have what this band does. Bowie for the closing yeah. track, for the closing track. <laughs> finally, a song about breast size. Some girls are bigger than others. Technically true. Have we this done any other songs? Album. I don't really. I don't, I don't understand the weird choice for a track. No, the song is great. It's about what we all want to think about. Here's the thing: Have we done any songs just about breasts? I couldn't think of any. It's such a weird song. <laughs> that song about my humps, my humps, my lovely, lovely oh, yeah, lady. Do that one? I think that's a 115. We're gonna get to it soon. Oh. It's just so funny where he's like, how should we end this album? Ah, I know. Listen, I got this great song. Now, I can tell you, some guys are bigger than others. And let's go back to that Lenny Kravitz clip, okay? (laughs) 
Rob, Rob has his list. It's all I can think <laughs> of. You have a spreadsheet or how it's do you keep list. Tra- I'll track of all this, Rob. <laughs> it's all up here. <laughs> spreadsheet. No, wait a minute. Spreadsheet. The pen. Very popular. Beck did it better. Rating system. Oh, yeah. Listen, that was The Queen is Dead. Honestly, compared to Elton John, a favorite album because it's not a fucking double album that takes 10 years to listen to. That is a half hour album. You get done with this album, you're in, you're out. You're, it's, it's great. Hey, the Smiths, they got a thing. They're very good at it. It's what all these bands are trying to do all the time. They are at 113 on the list. Okay. Kind of a sad number if you think about it, actually. Pretty fitting for them. Uh, 113, a sad number. Is that a perfect place for the Smiths? That means that they are rolling well-toned. If you think this album, okay, if you would love for it and you together to be hit by a double-decker bus, okay, you're, you're walking across the street in jolly old London town with your mates, True. okay, and this record, you're holding it, you're hand in hand. Okay, with your tiny, tiny hands. And you're holding this tiny record. You went to the tiny record store. You got this tiny record. You're crossing the street. All of a sudden, you look to the left to see if any cars are coming. You step out. But unfortunately, you're in London. The cars are coming the other way because they're on the left side of the street. Immediately, wham, wham, doubled. It's twice the horns. Wham, 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 wham. Yeah, that's double horns because there's one guy up top also honking the horn. It's a double-decker bus. It hits you. You are in heaven. It's a, what a, you're privileged to die that way. That means this album is a rolling uh, bone. It should have been higher up. You love the album, okay? Or should this be lower on the list, okay? And I know what you're thinking, lower on the list. Well, that's going to be a lower number. No, lower on the list would be a higher number. We, of course, are going from one to 25, much like they don't do in a beauty contest. You don't see that very often where they say the number one and then they go all the way to the end and you find out who got last place. Would be a bummer at a beauty contest if that was you. And it's kind of something that Morrissey might sing about with the Smiths and this album, The Queen is Dead at 113. Uh, If you don't think it belongs up there, this is a rolling groan. Okay, now, folks, we have to hurry up. We're running long, so please don't waste any time. Tell me, what do you think of The Queen is Dead at 113? Makes me laugh every time. Russell. What do you think? I, I don't know. This was fine. I thought it was interesting. That it was kind of bopping around. I, I didn't quite put the lyrics to the, the the vibe of it. Didn't I didn't think sounded depressing through the whole thing. But the more we talked about it, it made me honestly dislike the album even more than oh, the no. first time around. So I thought it was fun to listen to. I can't see myself ever coming back and listening to this again, though. So I'm going to say it's rolling grown. It's no. too high on the list for me. Russell, can you say that last sentence again, but make it sound like Morrissey, please? It's rolling grown, and so I'm not going to come back and listen to this ever again. <laughs> Perfect. You <laughs> nailed it. Right? Rosie, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? Morrissey, the queen is dead. I, I am always surprised at how much I enjoy the sound of the Smiths. And I, and for this one, also just kind of let a lot of the lyrics wash over me, uh, except for there's a light that'll never go out, which I love forever. But uh, I just don't think there's enough here musically. Uh, I think there's, you know, I think they're good musicians, but there's just not enough here that, that justifies it being higher than some of the stuff we're going to hear, uh, eventually. So I'm going to have to call this one a rolling groan. 
Crone. Thank you. I was going to say, I did, excuse me, I did hear Mr. Morrissey speak on that. Oh, by the way, I know what he banned. He banned anyone from ever calling him Stephen because he hated his first name. That was forbade from calling him by his first name. So, uh, Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Morrissey and the Smiths. I know you can forbade, and I know you can forebode, but can you ever just forbide? Oh. <laughs> forbide? <laughs> I, uh, bite. I mean, what a small you know, sandwich. again, I think this whole, uh, this whole list is, you know, I said it a couple of weeks ago, this whole list comes for how it was influenced for the artists that came after it. I think there's a strong connection between hair metal and then this depressing ass shit, um, <laughs> that like Depeche mode and, ah, good one, you know, right. uh, Echo and the Bunny and um, who else? Talking Heads and The Cure and all of them. You know, you take hair metal, you take all this stuff, you put it together and you get to my favorite stuff, grunge, right? You kind of get the deep, dark oh, yeah. feeling stuff, but also some long, intro, you know, noodling solos and things like that. So I personally long noodling like this like a little, Kravitz. Yeah, a little, be- <laughs> a little better than I thought I would. Um, that I thought I remembered the first time I listened to, but I think it's because I've kind of gotten into this synth pop, early rock, British sound from the eighties lately. And so I don't know, I, I could definitely see where it came from. If this is the album that kind of kicked it off. Great. I don't think it is, but you know, from a, again, from a concept concept standpoint, I think this is rolling well toned. You, you kind of feel where everything else comes from after this. Listen, well, Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't hear what you said. I said rolling. I know, but I don't know how they got. I don't know. How, I, I can't do it. I can't. Somebody else can do it. <laughs> it's rolling with it, It's like, it's like just open up your mouth. Right Matt, open up your mouth. It's 155 at your place, Rob. Right? I mean, it's you guys are warriors. It's Rosh Hashanah tomorrow. I don't have to go to school. Open your mouth real big, Matt, and say, and just talk from the back of your throat, and then you're talking like Morrissey. Perfect. You nailed it. Listen. <laughs> There are very few albums where Cats in the Cats in the Cradle is actually one of the more upbeat songs we listened to today. Like that was we were kind of like, mm, that's kind of fun. This album is a rolling depression. Okay. Depression. Yes. When you are in a bad mood and you want to hear somebody else who is in a bad mood, listen to the Smiths. It's going to pick you up because you're like, hey, my life's not as bad as this guy. I mean, he's he's a celibate vegetarian. That sounds like a nightmare to me. That sounds like the absolute worst. <laughs> that's tough. I mean, that's that's, that's rough. A, that's rough. That's, that's, that's tough. Not a lot of not a lot of pleasure. He is not the principle of pleasure. <laughs> He's not living by the pleasure principle. He's the opposite. <laughs> hey, come on over. We're having leaks tonight and having no sex. <laughs> Listen. Next up. I was so excited because I swear that we were doing the first Clarence Carter album, but it's not. It's it's uh, is this it? Oh God, is this is the this Strokes. It? Oh, I'm gonna have a lot to say about this one. When you want to hear about the greatest, Aaron has talked about this one in the past. Yeah, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. Do you have a joke, Russell? If you want to hear, uh, I got mine. I might need some help with it. I can try it. Yeah, you do your joke, and then I'll do my bit. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Back to it better. What do you got, Rob? Uh, it was Tears in Heaven. Oh. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. 
Uh, now you gotta see, put the good, put the goodbye song on. I hope, I, I hope this is the one my uncle stayed listening to the whole thing. This is kind of depressing in itself. <laughs> Please give us some tuba music to go out on a high note. Lou Love Reed looks at the Smiths and is like, "Boy, those guys are bummers." <laughs> 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 and if it was the two of us, 